Welcome to the Woe Podcast about horses and horsemanship. I'm your host, John Hare. And I'm Renee Hare. You found the place where we talk about all things horses. I hope you've been getting to ride a lot this summer. While Renee and I haven't strayed too far from home, we have been on our horses quite a bit. A few months ago, we were invited to participate at the Mule and Horse Show in Tehachapi. And part of what they wanted to do at the show was to showcase the wild horses of Oak Creek that are native to a Tehachapi area. John Scratch is one of those horses, and along with, I think, seven other folks who also have an Oak Creek horse, they were asked to do a demonstration at the show on the Saturday. Since we're going to be in Tehachapi anyway, and it's about an hour away, Renee and I thought it would be a good opportunity to enter some of the ranch classes. So we did. I entered ranch pleasure, ranch riding, and trail. And I entered ranch riding and ranch trail. The ranch riding is a pattern class, and much of it is changing speeds and demonstrating control over your horse. While doing transitions, yes. About a week before the competition, we traveled to the venue and practiced in the uh, huge arena that they have there. It is huge. Yes. And it was just kind of a, a measure of where our horses were. We, Since we haven't asked them to do a, a lot of this for some time, we found uh, quite a bit of holes. At least I did. <laughs> oh, mine wasn't too bad. He, he did okay. With temperatures above the 100-degree mark, there wasn't much opportunity to practice before the show. That was really the hard part, getting out and riding when it was that hot. And the air quality here isn't that great, and you, you, you hate to stress the horses while doing something that's supposed to be fun. We did make time three days before the competition to prepare. We rode our horses out from our house, and it's mostly farmland, as we've told you around here. But we've managed to find a spot where we improvised an open arena. We didn't have the pattern at the time, but I competed last year and had a a pretty good idea of what to expect. My horse Scratch is uh, reluctant to pick up his left lead. I'd try to explain it to you, but it's something I messed up in his training and... He's never forgiven you. (laughs) And I've never figured it out either. So before we started, Renee and I talked about what we wanted to work on. I would work on picking up the left lead, and if I could get it as a departure from a standstill, that was my main goal. But I really, I was just hoping to get the left lead. Well, I have spent a little time on transitioning from walk to jog to extended trot, and now we're in some soft area, so I'm going to work on changing leads. We, we've had a little issue with going from a left lead to a right lead, so that's what I'm going to work on. And then what are you going to change up on that? I am going to try to refine my cues, get really consistent. We do a simple lead change, so I'm going to do just a few strides at a left lead, break to a trot, really try to get a good cue going for the right lead and see how we do. Renee and I have an agreement that when one of us asks for help, the other does their best to accommodate without maybe regard to the normal politeness that we have in our relationship. (laughs) In other words, when uh, we're riding and looking for advice, uh, we can pretty much say whatever we want. Now, I'm a little bit better in helping Renee 
get her horse to do what she wants it to do. And and I'm a little bit better at getting John to ride correctly. The hands, the arms, telling him to quiet them, things like that. We started off, I cued Scratch for the left lead. He's got such a short, smooth stride, I can't tell in the first few steps if I'm getting the left lead, so Renee calls it out for me. If I don't get it, I stop and break him down and try it again. Right lead. John's trying to get a really good left lead departure. Let's see. Right lead. Yeah, yield those hindquarters. I stumbled. Right lead. Left lead. Looks the looks good. Oh, stepping off and telling him what a good boy he was. Scratch and I work on that for a bit, and then I try it again. Oh, that was good. That was a good left lead departure. Okay, once you've got him in that, that correct lead, try and keep your hands real still. Okay, ready, here we go. Right lead. Right lead. Right lead. There you go, left lead. Try and sit back a little bit. In between, we switch back and forth. And I knew any ranch riding pattern was going to have a change of leads, and Dusty was great going from right to left, but he was really not very good at going from left to right. And while we're doing the training, I have a tendency to want to keep drilling scratch over and over and over again. And it's good having Renee out there to remind me it's just a friendly competition. <laughs> It's not like we're getting prize money or buckles. So chill. <laughs> we continued our ride through the farmland, and we each try our exercise one last time before the competition day. Okay, so yield his hindquarters to the right. Now, if his butt's at 6 o'clock, when it gets to 5 o'clock, that's when you want to ask for that left lead. But make sure it's yielding his hindquarters. Don't let him get in a circle. You want, there you go. Yeah, that's good. Good. Now. Excellent. Yeah, now he's got it. Good job. Good job. And I thought we both did a great job when they, when they did the exercise really well. We both hopped off and gave them a little break. And then it was the day of the show. But before we get to what happened on show day... We would like to welcome a new sponsor to the Woe Podcast. Total Saddle Fit makes a variety of products with your horse's comfort in mind. Cinch check. If you've ever done an ETI trail challenge, you've heard the term. But aside from that, how often do you think of your cinch? How did you even pick your cinch? Is it the one that came with your saddle? The Woe Podcast would like to welcome our newest sponsor, Total Saddle Fit. 
They make the shoulder relief cinch, which is changing the way riders look at their cinch. With its unique design, the shoulder relief cinch mirrors the anatomy of your horse, improving saddle fit and providing more shoulder freedom and elbow comfort. The shoulder relief cinch is comfortably padded with cutaways in places where your horse needs it. But the real magic of the shoulder relief cinch is that it redirects the latigos of your saddle to prevent the saddle tree from interfering with your horse's range of motion. I got mine. I'm a little late to the party. Over 10,000 riders already rely on the benefits of the shoulder relief cinch. I want you to take a look at this innovative new piece of tack at totalsaddlefit.com. Check out the design, then pick out your size, color, and material. Shipping is free no matter where you live in the world, and there's a 30-day risk-free return policy. Go to totalsaddlefit.com, click on the Learn More under Shoulder Relief Cinch, and see for yourself why this product will have you thinking differently about your cinch. 30 days no risk guarantee and free worldwide shipping? You owe it to your horse to go to totalsaddlefit.com and check out the shoulder relief cinch and thank them for supporting the Wool Podcast about horses and horsemanship. Our first class was roughly scheduled for about 9.30 in the morning. Right. There were horse classes happening around noon, and the trail challenge course was going to be open all morning. You could just line up and enter uh, at will. You would sign in with somebody and go in order so that it was thought it would be, it was hopeful that we would get our trail course done before we had to do our rail classes. Didn't work out that way. But, you know, like I said, it was kind of a fun horse show. There wasn't uh, there wasn't anything but ribbons at stake. Right. And so we just kind of took it all in stride. We got to practice in a covered arena, which was quite nice. That was very nice. We even went on a trail ride. We did. Yeah. We it, was, it was a nice show in a nice location. But we had been talking about com- competing on... The show in the last couple of episodes, we talked to people that were really into competing and and seeing it as a sense of accomplishment to, to kind of measure yourself up against other people. And I think it's every every once in a while it's good to get out in that competition ring. But you know, I'm up in the air about wanting to how much more competition. I don't know how much. How competitive do I want to be? Is And you're way better at the all-day thing. I just get um, really tired of waiting for the class. It makes me more nervous. So for a full day from the time we wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning to feed the horses to the time we get home at 4 in the afternoon, you're talking about 20 minutes of actual riding competitive time mm-hmm. and I think it does take a a different mindset to be able to to get in that saddle and compete and then not and then just kind of turn it off on the in-between times don't you I do I do and and I would have to really figure out what to do with those in-between times because <laughs> they drive me crazy <laughs> but it was fun it was challenging 
and it was a feeling of accomplishment at the end of it. The older I get, the more ambivalent I am about competing. On the one hand, it's great for setting goals and improving my horsemanship and my relationship with my horse. On the other, it's a lot of drilling over and over on the cues and responses for maneuvers I will mainly use only in the show ring. Back in the 1980s, I had a dog that loved to play frisbee. We competed a lot. We won our fair share of ribbons and trophies. In 1988, we walked onto the football field of a 49ers game in front of 80,000 people for a halftime competition. My stomach was doing backflips. The frisbees felt like shot puts. My dog loved playing so much, he didn't care where we were. He only wanted to jump and catch. Years later, afflicted with arthritis, he perked up every time he saw a frisbee and wanted me to throw, no matter how much it might hurt the next day. And while he loved that frisbee, he never once gave a second glance at the trophies or ribbons he had won. I'm sure there are some horses out there that love the show ring and the sound of a cheering crowd. It is said that Doc Barr was frail on his farewell visit to the Cow Palace. The story goes that when he entered the arena, he perked up and strutted around the place like the champion he was. My horses seem to get the most enjoyment out of trail riding. Finding a soft piece of ground to lope, a river trail to long trot, perhaps a cow to move every now and then, and afterwards, a good roll in the dirt after being unsaddled. They enter the show ring because I ask, not because it's like the frisbee my dog loved to catch. I'll keep testing them with horse shows and trail trials now and then because it keeps things new, different, and changed up. And I think that's all just part of a good life. That'll do it for this episode. We want to hear about your horse, horsemanship, and experiences. How do you enjoy your horse? Who's your favorite horse trainer? What was the biggest aha moment you've had with your horse? Send an email to me, john at woepodcast.com and share your horse experiences. We can do it by email or Skype or record something and send me the audio file. If you own a horse, you know we've all had moments of great, wonderful glory and moments of sheer boneheadedness. You know, we learn from every moment. You can find the Woe Podcast everywhere podcasts are found, and every episode is on woepodcast.com. If you have a moment, a review of our show wherever you find us helps others find us too. Be sure to share your thoughts and photos on the Woe Podcast Facebook and Twitter page. Thanks again for sharing this podcast with your friends and writing buddies. Until next time, for Renee, this is John saying, go have some fun with your horses. Bye-bye, everybody.